You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our webinar on underwriting house hack deals. Now, if the change the market, looking at current deals with how quickly interest rates are rising is very important. So we have three deals we're walking through today. One is a house act that closed about two weeks ago, end of October, with rates in the high sixes. The borrower put less than $3,000 down to borrow it. Yes, less than $3,000 down. Deal number two, this is an active dealer contract in Aurora. It's a combination room by room with a Section 8 rental. A la, a la Jeff White specialty. <laughs> and the third one, which I'm actually the most interested in, is uh, Jeff White's next personal house act, number seven, which is in Inglewood. So we're going to spend about 10 minutes going through each one on here, the numbers, the story, and how uh, house hackers are making it work in today's current environment. So if you're on the webinar, please ask us questions while I go along. And if you want copies of your spreadsheets, uh, either email us um, or we'll put a download link so you guys can grab it as well. All right. So I got my two co-hosts, Jeff White. What's up, man? How's it going? Super excited to be here and talk about some deals. I am too. And Ben Einspar, how are you? I am doing excellent. Holy cow. It's been a while since we've been in the hot seat, Jeff. Oh, ben, yeah. I don't recognize it feels, you. It feels good. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about this, Jeff. Awesome. And yeah. numbers, did I hear number seven? Yeah, that's Holy right. cow. Yeah. I remember you back at number four. Yes. It's been a while. <laughs> He's gotten so big since then. Yeah. yeah. We're so, <laughs> hey, we're so proud of you, Jeff. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I'm going to start. We're going to jump into this. And if you guys don't know Jeff and Ben, they are with the Envision Advisors and really run our house hacking team, among other things. <clears throat> Jeff does a house hacking room by room, also an agent with us. And Ben does a lot of short-term rental, medium-term mm -hmm. rental, and a lot of house hacking as well. So they uh, are specialists here. All right. So we got deal number one here, Jeff. And uh, I won't go into all the spreadsheet yet, but this is the deal that just closed in Westminster about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now, end of October. Yep. Um, rates are in the high sixes. Borrow put a lot less down. So it sounds great. Tell us what. Tell us the backstory on here. Yeah, so it was a buyer that was actually one of my rent by room tenants. I'm starting to recruit uh, my tenants now, and he was telling me like, "Oh, I'm looking to." Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> tenant to client, tenant to client to even <laughs> even landlord. Yeah, exactly. And he was asking me basically, "Oh, my wife uh, is going to move here pretty soon, and basically, I need a place for her and I." So this is just a short-term lease. So I had that understanding, basically, when he first moved in, it was going to be a short-term lease. Um, and basically, so that was my criteria, was finding a place for him and his wife. And then we got in the conversation of, how about we talk about house hacking strategies, how to live for free? And that led into, basically, he saw I was he was living there when I was doing rent by room. So he saw, like, okay, well, obviously, he knows how to make it work. So I should definitely talk to him on how to set up the operations and the systems. Mm -hmm. And that was the strategy we came up with because I showed him basically the numbers from a high level of like two to four units uh, with Envision. Like how many have closed the last couple of years? Like one. Not of, a whole uh, lot. A thousand deals or yeah. so, you know, if that. So it's super hard to find a duplex, triplex or quad that works. So that's out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And then the other options is houses with mother-in-laws 
or um, separate entrances or a way to make it uh, kind of a combo strategy or just a big house with a lot of rooms and bedrooms. So he said, let's try to find that big house with a lot of rooms and bedrooms. So that's when the search started. And I showed him about five to 10. And basically, we found like that unicorn property, right? Like moving ready, sit on the market a long time, right? When rates went from like 6.1% to like 6.9 in a matter of like a week or two, Mm -hmm. right around that end of September, early October time. And so that made him really excited. I'm sure. Yeah, it was like scared. No, scared the crap. (laughs) Oh, I know. Yeah, Yeah, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, trying to. When you say stay on the market a long time, what does that mean? So you remember because things have changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So last uh, six months ago, if a property lasted through a weekend, that was incredible. Market a long time. This one was went was a long time. Was basically over a month on this one, mostly because the price point. It was over at that uh, original list at five twenty five. And they brought down to 500. Um, and then basically, we came in. It was like, perfect house. Had fully fixed up. Three egress windows in the basement. Um, needed nothing. Basically, moving ready. And two-car garage, corner lot, tons of parking. Um, right close to 36. Like, just right in the heart of Westminster. And we came in and said, okay, let's uh, put an offer in and use this grant program that we that uh, I found for him. So this guy was a software engineer. So it wasn't even a question of him, you know, oh, I can't qualify because of my income. It was like, hey, at least try it out, see if it works for you. And the only restriction on that grant loan was to live in a lower moderate income area. Yeah, Yeah. it's a great grant program. Um, I mean, a lot of people get up to like anywhere from like 10 to $17,000, sometimes no PMI. So there's a lot of good good options on there. all right, so let's jump the numbers on here. Yeah. So I got the spreadsheet pulled up. Yep. And this is the move out one. Let's do while we're living there. Sure. All right, so Westminster House Hack. Yep. And we have a 4% down payment. That was just because of to get the net amount. So I got the $17,500 grant mm-hmm. for him because of that moderate income area. And then because the market, I threw in, hey, let's do a $10,000 seller credit. Let me just ask for that. So they accepted that as well. So I used that seller credit to buy down the rate and pay down his down payment. So his net to buy this house after everything was only $3,220. Wow. From a $500,000 house. And he's a software engineer for his day job. So about $500,000 purchase price, yeah. uh, three or four grand in closing cost. But we got seventeen five dollars from the grant program. Yep. And then you got $10,000 in seller credit. Yep. So he brought $3,200 to the table and he bought the rate down from like high sixes to 5.9. Yes. Great. So yeah, got a 5.9 rate. Um, and that definitely helped him. Does and he have PMI on this? No PMI. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, so it's even better with that. Yeah. I mean, that's saved another hundred some dollars a month right yeah. there, typically. Yeah. Especially for a first timer. No. Yeah. So no PMI, any, any furnishing or upfront initial repair costs? No, uh, it was literally the only thing he has to do is one thing, and that's just add one more bedroom. It's a five bed, three bath. Yep. And just adding one more room. The Jeff White special. Yeah. And then it's all set. Yeah. There'll be a six bed, three bath. So here are the numbers. Yeah. Walk us through the rent here. So this is while he's living there. So I run at two scenarios for every single deal I look at is living there and move out. So you want to compare the two because you want to see can you live for free? That's the whole reason we house hack is can you eliminate, reduce, or some. 
even miracles do happen. You can actually make money living there too, but uh, it's challenging. And then the day you move out. So you want to compare both those. And this one is while living there, he's going to live in one room with his wife and rent out five rooms at $750 per month each. Okay. So this is a six bedroom, yeah. three bath place, right? Yes. Okay. And they're taking the, the biggest uh, master bedroom. All right. So he's living in the master. Yeah. The other five rooms are at $750 a piece. Um, Super conservative. Standard underwriting. Yep. He's self-managing. Got base expense in there for taxes, insurance, sewer, and electric. Yep. Is that, I'm assuming that's kind of like baked into the 750 month? Yeah, I just threw in a little bit extra just because sometimes uh, you, net is a little bit higher. You're not going to cover everything yep. because it's hard to bake it all in there. Yeah, but this yeah. is a really, really... Super conservative yeah. underwriting, yep. All right, so we won't get through all the details on there, but the cash flow while yep. they're living there is negative $1,500 a year. So for $100 to $200 a month, yes. they're living for free. Yep. Or I'm sorry, they're paying $102 a month to live. Yes. Almost for free. Yes. But as we all know, you can't rent a bedroom. Yeah. Can't rent a garage space for $100 a month. Yeah. Yeah. They have a two-car garage. They could potentially cover that if they decide yeah. to rent that out <clears throat> and easily make that uh, a zero. But basically accomplished uh, his number one goal is to live for free and or be close to it. Because he was paying, uh, he was living, um, before he lived in one of my rooms and one of my rentals, he was living downtown um, in like a $1,500 a month, one bedroom. So to go from $1,500 to $100, bucks $100 a, month a month is yeah. what a huge difference. Oh, that's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. While you're and a $3,000 asset. And a $3,000, <laughs> you know, that's all you had to bring to the table. That's the equivalent <laughs> to like first month's rent security deposit. Exactly. Yeah, like that's, so, that's amazing. Yeah. Good one on this one, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so here's the moving out spreadsheet. Yep. The only difference is I added eight fifty for the master bedroom, so it increases the rent. So it brings up to forty six hundred rent. Yep, everything else stays the same. Everything's same. Yep. And then, so that will make it cash flow positive about seventy seven hundred dollars for the year. Yep. Now this is uh, what I'm excited to talk about. Is there's like you said, there's strategies that people are implementing right now that still work in the higher interest rate environments, um, like this. And you know, interest rates are important but it's not the only thing people are focused on when they're buying a property. Important to look at, make sure it works for you, but realize interest rates are temporary and it's one variable in there for us to look at and evaluate. Um, so I love it that you have found some cash flowing properties and I'm gonna come up here. I mean, what rates are about, about 7% now? Yep. So let's come in here and change this from 5.9, <laughs> which, hey, he bought it. I mean, I, I can't imagine we're, you know, we're going from 5.9 to 7 now. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe we won't be doing it live on this test. Yeah. Well, the next one will show right closer to that yep. 7% number. So, anyway, yeah. well, we'll get it correct to where you can download this. But, bottom line is, you can see, like, obviously, that's going to change uh, the payment sum. Yeah. But, like, this is how you, you look at things. Hey, this is working at 6%, yeah. which, I mean, months ago, no one thought we'd be here. Yeah. We're here, we're past it, and you're still finding deals that make sense. That's the punchline. Yep. And so, I would say, don't get fixated on the interest rate. Um, obviously, like, it's going to change payments and cash flow for you, but it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. I just approach it. Uh, what I tell myself and my clients is uh, it's just one monthly number and one variable in the equation. And if you have to rent one extra room to cover that, then that's what you got to do. Like it's just more challenging times and you can always refinance later when rates eventually do go back down. Yep. All right. So I'm sitting here with Jeff. White and Ben Einsbarth from Vision Advisors talk about the second property in our house hack underwriting deal. 
So Jeff, this is a active property, or I'm sorry, property under contract mm -hmm. with one of your clients, right? Yes, correct. All right. Tell us the story on here if you yeah. can. Tell so, us the story, please. Another first time home buyer, um, husband, wife, and they're all in to do any creative strategy. They're like the ultimate uh like desire to get to that next level. They'll live with 10 roommates if they have to, just so they can live for free or close to it. And basically husband, wife, and they're li they'll live anywhere and they just want to be in a place where it could give them multiple options. So this house popped up in Aurora, six bed, two bath, split level, three bed, one bath, upstairs, three bed, one bath, downstairs. And the downstairs has a separate kitchen, separate entrance, separate laundry. Uh, and even better, uh, Aurora Housing Authority lets you do Section 8 um, in the basement. So that is something that they're going to seriously consider. So we went under contract. So I want to. Yep. So, so this is very similar to the house we actually have walked on that bigger pocket show, House Hackers, a while ago. The one you mm -hmm. bought in Denver, yep. where you're doing room by room up top and section eight downstairs. We'll link to that. Yep. Um, if you guys want anything, send us an email. We'll send you a link. But that's a great video to watch. It's a very similar property for a visual walkthrough. And that's actually what inspired them. Like, hey, let's try section eight on the bottom. Did they just, watch that video? They watched that video, and that's yeah. what yeah. they saw that video. And yeah. said, oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I like that video. Yeah. yeah. So it was it, there wasn't any convincing because when you say section eight. I think people typically are not, that's something they're not wanting to do. Yeah, they have, you know, unfortunately, the stereotypes of sex. Yeah, of which, people think it's just bad. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, whatever, not the right fit for them because any government program could, isn't going to mm -hmm. work out. Um, but no, they had a positive, they, had, they don't have that perspective. So that's right. because they watch I'm, No, I'm glad you're <laughs> turning that perspective around. Yeah. All right. So. Pull up the spreadsheet here in a second, um, and we'll start going through that. So, yeah, keep, continue on with the story. So, they so you went under contract. Yep. And this one, um, also a first-time homebuyer program, another grant one. And I asked for $11,000 seller credit, and they accepted it because of this current marketplace. That's Was complete. it seller credit for inspection items or just seller credit? Seller credit for Because you can negotiate yeah, as you could? before we even... And then we just went through inspection, and I got another... Um, uh, $7,000 repairs will be fixed before closing. Oh, wow. So on top of the credit. So it's definitely Isn't that weird to like <laughs> ask for seller credits and actually get it for without having to go through yeah. like or making water or that. And then they actually can make decisions, uh, with, you know, in a couple days instead of making offers in five seconds. Yeah. Working out a property. <laughs> so there, there's some of the pros in the current yep. market. All right. So you guys are under a contract. Um, nothing major on the inspection. I'm going to sound common, you know, def yeah. some deferred maintenance and small maintenance stuff. Okay, so let's see. Is this the... Yep. Yeah, and if you want to edit it, Chris, I think if you hit the yes or no on the right, uh, that, that should allow you to edit the spreadsheet. Oh, cool. That's, what, you, that's what was hidden. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, we are, I don't know why that one popped up, but cool. Um, all right, so here are the numbers here. Is this round for Aurora House Hack? Yep. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. we're in Aurora now. Yeah. All right. So uh, about under contract at 480? Yep. 480. All right. So you said the grant program is on here and you got seller credits. Yeah. And so all in for around what, 14, 15,000? Yeah. And I, I believe with those seller credits, we could probably pay down that, um, that down payment closing cost. So it'll probably be a little bit less than that, but it'll be somewhere around that. Okay. Uh, so I'm five mean, to $10,000 all in. Okay. Yeah. So they'll also say 10 grand for yeah, all in. 10 grand, yep. Okay. So, um, great. Oh, that's, 
that. Okay. I lied. That's all right. Um, all right. So mortgage interest rate, 6.8%. I mean, yeah. so this is, this is, this is recent. recent. This yeah. is what we're getting right this now. Is it might be a tenth of one higher. So, <laughs> okay. So we can have higher. So this is basically Halloween. Yeah. Um, 6.8%. And ha- what's their sentiment towards the interest rate? I'm curious. The buyer's they, sentiment. Their number one goal, they're pretty simple, just like that first couple. They just want to get that base hit. They want that first property, get them going. They're paying $2,000 a month mm-hmm. at City Park, one bedroom. And they want to take that $2,000 to zero, ideally, um, as quickly as possible, because they want to get on that property ladder and just keep going. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. So we have 3824 in rent here while they're living there. Yeah. Break that down for us. Yeah. So Section 8 right now goes off HUD fair market rents, which we'll save that for another podcast because it's pretty interesting how you can look all this up. Uh, but basically, three bedrooms, one bath, they go off bedroom counts. So three beds are for $2,449 per month in Adams, Denver, Jefferson County, basically, in Arapaho. Uh, that's like the uh, baseline, basically. It's what they go off of. So I did 23, 24, just to give like 10% variance, um, 5, 10% mm-hmm. underneath. So it's like, okay, maybe they won't give that full amount. They'll give a little bit less. And then that's the basement, rented out section eight, tenant. Pretty straightforward there. And then the two rooms upstairs, because they're going to take one room upstairs and rent out two more at 750 each. So 1500 plus 2324, and that's 3824 gross rents living there. Perfect. So about $3,800 a month in rent, standard underwriting. Obviously, they're going to self manage. We got taxes, insurance, utilities in there. And then going to the cash flow section. We have a negative twenty one hundred bucks a year, so what two hundred dollars a month living expenses? Yep, from yeah. two thousand dollars a month. So they're saving eighteen hundred dollars a month that they no longer have to pay in rent that they're going to use to build equity and start their their portfolio. On yeah, this first that's one. insane, man. Yeah. So what's their like? Obviously, they're like really, really close to like the real free mark. Yeah. And depending on you know how things go month to month, some months they will be for sure. Yeah. How are they feeling? Hey, they're so close, but not quite there. Oh no! They, I think their goal is they understand it's it's a long it's a journey, and obviously, do they want to be at the zero or making money? Sure, but they know uh, Section Eight. The way that works is you could they might get that twenty four forty nine number that I was talking about earlier, and maybe they will hit the positive, or they might get eight hundred bucks a room. So that's totally possible. But I would say they understand it's going to be a couple of years from now. Then that thing when they move out, it'll be a positive cash flowing investment. As their first one. And that's, they understand, like, it's just a one time. I have two questions. Um, So, how long were these clients looking for before they found this house, this this property they landed on? Was it another unicorn or are there more out there similar to this? Oh, yeah. This this one is not a unicorn. This one is just uh, one that was on the market as well for about three weeks. Um, And anyone else could find it straight on the MLS. It wasn't anything special, like I did some super secret sauce formula into the MLS <laughs> and no one else knows it. Not even Chris. And Nothing. then, uh, <laughs> That's but it. yeah, it's, they're out there. Like there's properties sitting out there that work for multiple strategies. Just depends on the investor's goals. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. And then my next one is, is for, it's in Adams County, correct? Rappo. R- Rappo. Rappo County. Uh, for ha- having a, the m- multiple house hack. Yeah. And or no, rent by the room and section eight. Is yeah. there any issue exceeding the maximum occupancy limit for a single family home? 
No, there's no issue with unrelated parties over there. With unrelated, yeah. unrelated, that's about un- unrelated yeah. parties. Even how does Section Eight take into account for that? Does they, that change it at all? No, they're more health and safety. They don't okay. look at. They're more just kind of verifying, like you have smoke detectors, CO2 detectors, okay. uh, testing the burners and your windows open, yep. close, and doors. You know, actually have hinges and stuff like that. They don't. They're not looking at unrelated parties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. So uh, I think it's an important thing, uh, you know, going back to the rent and the cash flow, like we've had some people like, oh, I can't get to this, you know, exact market of zero dollars yeah. and people don't want to do it then. I mean, give, you know, hats off to this couple. They have context. They're 90% there, 10% difference. It doesn't make a damn difference <laughs> in the long run. I mean, they're still saving a bunch of money every month. Yes. Um. Cool. So what else about this deal? Any other highlights or... Anything that you can extrapolate to help other people out there active in the market? Yeah. Or people are saying, you know what? The market's not what I thought would be right. Our streets are higher. Like, whether or not you can pass along to people. Yeah. So I would say don't look, don't get zero focus in on um, the interest rate or the economy recessions or, and like, don't listen to all that noise because what happens is you kind of get, you believe all that stuff. And the best investors don't care if the market's up, down, sideways. It's, it's like uh, the dollar cost averaging for stocks. Same thing with real estate concept. Like if you're buying the top of the market, bottom of the market, if you hold you know, long-term the next five to 30 years, um, you'll be happy you did and you'll have multiple options. And even if you bought at the top or the bottom, no one knows. And the market's going to be the market. And as long as you cash flow, I'm a definitely more cash flow investor. And uh, then that's, you'll survive any type of environment, whether it's up or down. Great. Yeah. Great tips. Yeah. Yep. And last thing for anyone listening, obviously, Jeff, you have a lot of knowledge in this. Chris does. If anyone out there wants to connect with us in person, all three of us host a uh, monthly networking event. So reach out to one of us if you want more information on that, because... We'll love to connect and first drinks on us. Yeah, and just go, I mean, go to our events calendar on the, the website. It's on Eventbrite and alternates between the Thursday evening. Grab a beer with a, grab an early morning coffee on Saturday mornings. Yep. So it's uh, depending on what type of, if you're a night owl morning person, we got some yeah. options covered for you there. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So let's move on to number three. Yes. All right, so this house act underwriting deal is one I'm most excited to chat about today uh, because we have Jeff White in here to actually talk about his next house act for his personal self. This is number seven. That's under contract and a few weeks away from closing. Yep. So Jeff, um, we all, a lot of us know your goals is to get, uh, what, eight house acts was it? Eight, yeah. yeah. Joe eight, Massey, right? he said yeah. the record. So, yeah. It was yeah. Eight, eight house acts. So you're getting one step closer and I mean, you've done an amazing job of like your house hack stack with, you know, buying house hacks the last, I think like six years ago you started um, and now you're going to number seven. So kind of tell us where you are in your investor phase and then walk us through this property. Yeah, I would say we're towards the edge. Like we're at that phase where we don't necessarily need to completely maximize cash flow and live with uh, 50 roommates and find a 10 bedroom that Ben loves those ones the best. He likes the bigger places. Um, we don't need those anymore. We just need something uh, where we get the best of both worlds, the privacy and the ability to do house hacking, um, rent out rooms, utilize potentially Airbnb on this one. 
um, or just long-term tenants, section eight, like we have multiple strategies and this is like the ideal one because it's uh, very much a unicorn because these are the ones that qualify for single family financing, even though it's uh, not a um, traditional single family. Great. Um, And uh, should we just jump in the numbers? Yeah, I can talk about the goals too. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so our goals for this one is just basically we know, you know this is at a six point eight seven five rate, and our number one goal is just uh, to live for free on this one. Cash flow while living there is a plus, and you'll see in the numbers it's kind of uh, inflated, but we'll get to that. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So pull up the spreadsheet here. So while you're living there, your Inglewood house hack. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's start with the uh, price point. So yep. about 625? Yep, it's definitely up there, but uh, you'll see what, even at a 6.875 rate with the credits applied, um, it still definitely works for our goals. Okay, yeah. I noticed you got 10% down. Are you doing a 10% down payment or is this just a way to manipulate the spreadsheet? Oh, it was 10% down payment. Okay, yeah, so you're doing 10% to. down. Yeah, a little bit more. Okay, yeah. just help with cash flow a little yeah, bit? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So 10% down, um, and are you past inspection yet? Yeah. Okay. Is this where those 15,000 credits is coming exactly. from? Yeah. Okay. Because add roof issue, like, so we'll just, we said we'll fix the roof and have like a sewer line piece that needs to be repaired. So like, don't worry about fixing it. We'll just get a giant cell of credit and that's fine. We'll fix it ourselves. Okay. Because so, we can do it for less than that. Yeah. Some so. sewer stuff, and you yeah. said the roof is... Uh, a couple issues there. Yeah, okay. It's old Just roof. Yeah. Ready to be replaced? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Perfect. So all in is about $65,000, right? Yep. And then you'll have to spend some money on repair costs, right? What? $10,000 for the sewer and roof, you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty... Like, we got quotes for both those and about ten grand for everything. Okay. Yep. Great. So, you know, another $10,000, about $65,000 all in. And your rate sec, 6.875. Yeah, so that's where it like, hurts. So there's multiple options with that. We're currently, you know, we're, I'm still just debating whether to use my commission to do a 2-1 buy-down because uh, that's a potential option to help the cash flow. What is um, a 2-1 buy-down? Basically, you pay for the rate to be, so on this example, 6.875. Yep. So you get two years, first year, zero to one, you get 2% less than that. So 4.875. And then year one to two, it goes to 5.875. And then year on to three to onward, um, it goes to, or two onward, mm-hmm. it goes to 6.75. So you kind of ease into it. So the mortgage payment isn't nearly as high. That's so, a great option with lenders getting creative. And, yeah. yeah. And helping the cash flow on the short end. If, yeah, and while then, living there. So I'm... I'm not as a huge fan of the two and buy downs yeah. I used to be. Well, because I'm, I'm kind of thinking about like, okay, uh, you know, hey, recession will probably officially start now or maybe next quarter, right? Yeah. Um, well, rates, you know, I think a lot of people expect them to drop. Maybe not as soon as we originally anticipated, but they'll most likely drop here next couple of years. Yeah. Um, well, if that's the case and rates drop and you're still in that two and buy down phase, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like, well, if you can make numbers work now, why spend an extra 3% for the buy-down if that's within the refinance window? That's true. Like, that's one of my thoughts. So, like, you're a numbers guy. How do you weigh that? Yeah, no, it's just pro and cons, right? Yeah. It's, it's what you... And so, what are you going to do? I kind of think... Uh, I'm still debating. <laughs> I'm still, still, I haven't figured it out. <laughs> I know. I, and the other, the, you know, the other option is just yeah. buy it down. But, you know, you can't buy it down that much with uh, just buying it from 6.75 yeah. to, like, 6.375 is 
a lot of money. And it's almost not worth it at that point. Yeah, the buy-downs right now are... Yeah. Yeah. So I might just take the commission and just use it for repairs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, so definitely lots of creative stuff here to talk about and just all sorts of things to consider when you look at because there's different financing options. There's the grant programs we've referenced. Yeah. There's the two-one buy-downs. And again, these are all just different tools in the toolbox, uh, you know, that we can help you use and go out there and get the right lending for the right property and make it work for you. I mean, I'm going to be really curious once you figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, with I'll let you know. Because <laughs> I've been debating this last, uh, like I said, my, my thoughts have changed on there. Um, all right. So while you're living there, you're expecting about $48.50 in rent. Walk through that. Yes. So going to purchase the furniture from the seller. Um, it's all furnished down that basement. So let me describe the property. House with ADU. Front house is four bed, two bath total. Two bed, one bath upstairs unit, two bed, one bath downstairs. And then the back house is like a little tiny 400 square foot carriage house. Uh, built in 1918. Or an ADU, if you want to use the buzzword, right? ADU. Use the buzzword. That's too fancy for me. I like a little <laughs> carriage <too> house. <laughs> <laughs> or accessory dwelling unit. Actually, that old, it probably used to actually be a real carriage house, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 1918. Yeah. yeah. And it has legal non conforming status with the city of Englewood. So they allow it to be used um, technically um, multiple uses, even though it's not in it's in a single family zone district. Great. So it's a yeah. sweet unicorn type property that these are my favorite types because you get the best of both worlds with privacy and the ability to house hack. I want to point something out because you said this was unicorn. The first property was unicorn. You're right. These are great deals, mm. but there's not like once a year deals. No. Like, I no. mean, you talked to you recently. So like, I want to like have people realize, hey, these are... You know, hey, we were finding really good deals, yeah. but these are not like, oh, hey, this is a once in a year type deal. No, no. We I hunt for them, we find them, and they these are out there. And we're seeing more and more of these, and you shake some trees, and oh, a couple yeah. of these these really good deals fall down. Yeah, I would say they're just uh, it's just patience, right? You have to look at the market a lot. Like um, I look at it every day, so I just like to observe it. And then you do, when you see stuff pop up, then you're like, you know, I want to take action, or you recognize it a lot faster than the average investor who just oh, the price is too high. But they don't see why that price is the way it is, or what happens if that property is on the market for you know three months. Like there's there's room mm-hmm. to work in this market. So, anyways, yeah, the house ADU. Um, so the numbers I came up with was leave the basement unit as a furnished um, unit that will rent as to uh, like a travel nurse type because it's right next to Swedish Hospital mm. for about two k a month. Does that sound right, Ben? For two one. Uh, I'd say it's pretty close. Okay, I mean, it depends. Okay, it's pretty nice. My actually, favorite, my favorite answer. It depends. It depends. Okay, it's actually very nice down there. Like the it was uh, Amish person who like remodeled it, so it's like a lot of wood trim. Like the oh. basement, it's one of those basements and is nicer than upstairs. Laundry washer. Yep, everything. Laundry dishwasher. Maybe. Because <laughs> <That's, that's laughs> yeah, my place Arvad doesn't have a dishwasher. Does that help? It would help if it had a dishwasher, but it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. Anyone. Oh, for a travel nurse. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. stopped anyone. Okay. Um, you just have to price accordingly and not okay. be too aggressive. Well, be aggressive on the price so you're a little more conservative. Gotcha. Did you find this on the MLS? Yes. All these properties were the MLS. on the MLS. All these properties were on the market multiple days. It wasn't like they were on the market one day and, and made offers on them. These were on the market. Anyone could have found these. None of these properties are true unicorns. Once, what I mean by unicorn is more, I guess, it's a really good deal. It's a great deal, but it doesn't mean like once out of like you're saying yeah. it's not a once out of a year type of deal where no one else 
will ever achieve that. And it's like off market or like I found some other investor to sell to me for way under. Now this is all straight on MLS where any agent can help find for you. Awesome. So anyways, yeah, 2K per month for the furnished basement and then upstairs um, about 1850 for 2-1 over there in that location in Englewood. And then uh, my lovely wife, Suleika, um, good, good job, is paying me office rent for our little carriage house. Wow. $1,000 a month. So that gives me a little boost for cash flow. And then where are you guys living? I guess the back house. In the back house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where I sorry, where's the office and layout? I got that's oh, where I got confused. The office. Well, no, it's it's this office rent. Oh, it's okay. for her business. Okay, yeah. but so like, is it one of the bedrooms in the main house? Uh, no, it's in the so the the carriage house has like the main floor, then like a little loft up. There. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Well, that's a good one to win. All right. So standard underwriting for repairs, maintenance, uh, utilities, taxes, insurance. So you guys can see all that and download it, and then. You're going to be living for about just under $200 a month for, or getting paid $200 a yes. month to live there. Yeah. So positive cash flow of $2,000 a year. Yes. I can repeat that. I'm going to correct this time. <laughs> so it'll be cash flow positive. Um, and we'll be seeing about uh, yeah, just under $200 a month in cash flow. Yep. So that's phenomenal. Yeah. And this is at what, a six and seven eighths interest rate? Six and seven eighths, correct? Yeah. yeah, that high. So even at that rate, it's still possible to make a deal work. And I assume once you move out, that's just going to cash flow better because yeah. you'll take where you're living and rent that out. Right? I already have a future tenant um, that <laughs> is like, "I'm ready when you are." Uh, he says he'll pay fourteen hundred bucks for that. Wow! I already got him. Uh, without even uh, he's in my he's a roommate tenant. Oh, uh, go and him sign the lease, right? You <laughs> <laughs> ready to go for twenty twenty four? So yeah, that's uh. This to show, I think the big uh, takeaways from this is, and yeah, that's after we rent it out for fourteen hundred, what the cash flow goes up to. Yeah, this next so, screenshot. Yeah, sorry, switch to the other spreadsheet. Yeah, so that one is. Uh, so I mean, while you're living there, it's a seven cap. When you move out, it's an eight cap, yeah. and this is your self managing here, right? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. assuming self management. I mean, there's some room by room property managers now. Get a PM to do it. Okay, cash flow drops to yeah, uh, four thousand bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you're still cash flow positive. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, we have a question here. Yep. Uh, another Chris said, how do you find the medium-term tenants? Yes, <laughs> Chris, great question. You have two options. First is on a typical platform, um, very similar to any short-term rental platform like a VRBO or Airbnb. But the only thing you need to do is set your um, minimum stay to 30 days. Then, then you'll get a lot of digital nomads or traveling professionals. That's one route that I like because a turnover is very simple and you don't have to have a new lease agreement each time. However, you can if you'd like to have a new new lease agreement. Um, the second option is a popular website called Furnish Finder, which is um, focused on, on traveling nurses and connecting traveling nurses with landlords. Um, those are, I've gotten 100% of my medium term bookings through those two websites. Cool. And to add on a few more things on there, Chris. Um, so I'm just pulling up the uh, the Denver Investment Real Estate website. If you go to the education menu, and this is about to change, but we have courses on there. We actually have a short-term rental course, mm-hmm. which Ben uh, put together, and it's how to do short-term rentals and medium-term rentals, since there's a lot of similarities. And another one, uh, and this is more Jeff White special, 
self-management, which is geared towards self-managing long-term rentals and self-managing room-by-room rentals, yep. uh, which you've done an amazing job at. So uh, both those on the website, they're on sale right now for like $50 a piece. So it's a, a great deal. Get everything you need to know uh, on what they do. And also as Envision clients, this is just a, one of the small thank yous we give to people uh, if they come and be a client with us and we get the privilege of helping them go out there and buy a property. Yep, yep. So go check it out, whether you uh, pay for it or you get it from us for free. It's an amazing value. I know it went on behind the scenes uh, and know what these guys have done the last few years. A lot of work. You're the real deal. <laughs> All right, so Shannon says, thank you, Chris, Ben, and Jeff. A couple of questions. I'm going to read one and pause. You guys can answer. One, can a DSCR, a debt service coverage loan, or other alternative lending products be used that don't require a W-2 or tax returns for a house hack investment property? Um, I believe so. So what uh, a DSD, uh, DSCR loan is, that's debt service coverage ratio. And that's more about, hey, how the property perform itself. Uh, and that kind of goes hand in hand with like what people call a non-QM lender a lot of times. They can loan that based off like your W-2, your credit worthiness. Um, vast majority of those non-QMs will not give loans out to uh, owner-occupied properties. But I've seen one or two over the years. Um, trying to think who it was. Do you know off the top of your head, uh, Jeff? I know... Um... What's the one? There's a couple of them. Uh, yeah, send us an email, Shannon. Yeah. We can send it to you because, like I said, we uh, th- you're that's a very uh, you're in a very uh, niche topic right there with mm-hmm. being a non-QM on an owner-occupied property. But we have had people have done it, so we'll have to think about. It. So reach out to me and Jeff yeah. uh, and Ben too, please. Yeah. Um, but from that standpoint, is you have to talk to a lot of lenders. Um, because you have to talk to quite a few and be very clear that you want to do a owner occupied property. I'd make that part like the first thing you mentioned to them so they can understand it and quickly tell you yes or no. Because don't they have bank statement loans? Like they're they're more creative in yeah. a sense. They could potentially find another product, maybe not DSCR, but like a bank statement loan or yeah, uh, or like some type of other loan that basically could work for as an owner occupant without. Uh, W two job. Yeah, send us an email. We can yeah. uh, we'll connect you a few like uh, creative and uh, and non QM owners we have, and they may be able to help you out. If not, they a lot of times know. Oh, we can't do it, but go talk to you know, go talk to Jim or go talk to Sally down the road. All right. Second question from Shannon: Do you think housing prices in Colorado will continue to drop over the next year due to the higher rates? Wow, what a question <laughs> here. Um, I'll start with that. You? Yeah. I, I, I mean. No clue. Um, you know, it's interesting. Your castle did a pretty detailed analysis of like different submarkets that dropped. There's really no like patterns there. Um, you know, interest rates have spiked up higher than a lot of people, I think, anticipated. Um, but, you know, with the really slow demand um, or, you know, low, uh, low inventory, we're still at like 2019 levels for inventory, which is still a seller's market. I think we'll dr- definitely drift up in the buyer's market here pretty uh, quickly. Some I think we'll see some areas drop in price. Some will probably hold steady. Some will continue to be very like submarket by submarket. Of course, if rates go up a lot higher, I mean, who knows? I don't think uh, anyone anticipated it hitting seven percent, uh, but it did. And according to Jerome Powell, it may go higher. Um, but yeah, it may go up. It may go down. You don't know. What I would lean towards, and this is where kind of like my Jerome philosophy in investing is Shannon is I worry about what I can I can control. And I can't control the interest rates or prices, but if it makes sense for my timing in life, my cash position, my financial goals, um, I will do it. And because it makes sense 
for me in the long run, because in five or 10 years, all this is just a, a memory. Um, do it. And don't get fixed in that. If it works for you, cool, do it. Jeff's buying one right now, as we just talked about. Uh, so if it makes sense for you, I would do it. If uh, it doesn't make sense for you based on finance, finances or potential you know, business or job uh, stuff you have going on, um, don't do it. But I would not make this one just based off if prices may drop. Because in five years, 10 years, it's not going to matter. Yeah, I think you did a good job of kind of giving a good uh, macro side of it versus micro. I mean, if you look at Q3, Q4, yes, prices have dropped. But if you look at 2022 as a whole, prices have gone up. Mm-hmm. So it's just look at, at at a whole. And then next thing is kind of going back to what does Colorado look like historically? What do, what do prices look like during um, during recessions? What is it historically done? And kind of just base your best guess off that and not trying to ba- make the, the, the right guess or the perfect guess. Just make your best judgment based off your scenario, just like you said. Yeah, and it goes back to your comfort level too. It's, yep. uh if you're looking to buy a place and sell in a year, then that would impact the decision-making on whether prices go up or down. But if you're a long-term buy-and-hold investor, um, prices going up and down really doesn't matter to you unless you're trying to recycle capital in a short period of time. But if you're going to hold for like 30 years, 20 years, it does not matter because to me, cash flow is what sustains you. And that should be, I think, a majority of investors' focus is cash flow in a market like this because appreciation as much as we all enjoyed the last couple of years. It's just the cherry on top. And the cherry on top isn't always going to be there. Sometimes just got to eat that ice cream without it and uh, be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Great analogy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, I also look at like just the probability of things. I mean, okay, you know, prices, I think good chance they're kind of flat with small growth. Maybe they do drop some. But I don't think we're going to have like this huge drop like the stock market has seen or like what we saw, you know, 15 years ago. Um, we're not going to have like a 20% drop, which would be, I think, a significant amount. If it's a few points or a little bit, that's not a huge amount that would change payments that much one way or the other. Um, so like, if it makes sense to you, I would buy it if you got a five-year plus horizon for holding it. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, that checks the boxes. Let me ask you this, Chris and, and Ben. Um, how many people percentage-wise do you think have under... Four percent mortgages right now. Oh, isn't that like fifty-five uh, percent? No, it's like ninety. Ninety percent? Would you? Can I get some? Uh, Apparently, what, I need to read a different news. Source. Maybe it's five percent, but uh, like under five percent. But I know it's way up there. Yeah. So, with the ring is that I bring that up is going back to the market is if you have a four, if you have like a three percent interest rate, are you looking to sell your place? If you lost your job tomorrow. You have a 3% yeah. rate. Would you try to do everything you can to keep your place and rent out rooms and not lose that 3% interest rate? It's a great question. Yes, I'll do everything I can to not lose my property and like use my resources and my community that I have and, and reach out what makes best sense for me. But I think, I mean, that's, I feel like it's a loaded question. Yeah. It kind of, it's, it 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 depends. It depends. Yeah. It depends. Well, I guess the reason I say that is just because the uh, the massive foreclosure crisis coming or recession. Yeah. Even if we yeah. go into recession or foreclosures tick up, I still see inventory is not going to skyrocket. So that's no. the reason two thousand nine happens because inventory skyrocketed up, and then all the inventory there wasn't enough demand, and then that's why prices crash. So if you look at it from a macro level of that of these people with like four percent or under interest rates, they're going to do everything they can. If they lose their jobs tomorrow, 
they're not just going to sell and go buy another house at um, 7%. You know, they're going to do everything they can to keep that 3%. So I can see a lot of those people, sellers just, that want to upgrade their home to the bigger home or the move up buyers, they're just going to stay in that home mm-hmm. for, you know, until rates calm down. So you're not going to have the supply, mm-hmm. this massive supply come in. Um, so I just don't see, overall, I just don't see prices tanking, even if we go into a recessionary environment. Chris made a good point on here in the comments. He said, supply will be the harder problem to solve than prices dropping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's one thing, you know, Jerome Powell cannot, you know, they're not going to create inventory. That's that's a big part of the issue. And that's something that, you know, central banks and really no one can. And Mm -hmm. of course, that goes in a whole different discussion, you know, local jurisdiction stuff. But yeah. That's a whole other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I give it a very, very low probability for prices to drop anything significant. Cool. Well, hey, uh, everyone, thank you for coming out. Uh, we are at the 45-minute mark, so we can wrap up here. And Jeff actually had a fourth property uh, to cover. I think it was an active one he saw on the market. Yep. We did not have time to cover. But if you guys want a sneak peek of that property or get spreadsheets for this, if you're on the webinar, go and just shoot Jeff or Ben an email. We can send you out the spreadsheets. Um, if listening to the recording of this, uh, we'll have a download link somewhere available as well, or you can always email us in case uh, you can't find it. Um, but again, please study this, and we want you to use this not to get stuck on the numbers, but realize, hey, there are opportunities out there. A lot of people are making it work, and it's, hey, here's what people are doing right now in this current market. Mm-hmm. If you like it, awesome. Come talk to us. We'd love to earn your business. How do you go out there and buy a house act? I think we have an incredibly talented crew here at Envision Advisors that goes well above you know the average agent out there and knowing house hacking, knowing investing, and also having a ton of resources in their back pocket like the lenders, these courses, and everything else. So we'd love to talk to you. Reach out to us if we can help you out. With that said, Jeff, thank you. Ben, thank you. And everyone out there, have a great day. Thank you. Mm-hmm.